You're listening to Beyond the Ballot Box with me, Dashran Johan. Local government elections, specifically the need to reintroduce it, has been a hotly debated topic for many years, decades even. The lack of local government elections, while seemingly benign, has far-reaching implications for democratic accountability, transparency and clarity in the political system. And if those words don't mean anything to you, let me put it this way. Local government elections, or the lack of it, has direct implications on people's everyday issues like clogged drains, flooding, the walkability of your city, ridiculous development projects that you scream angrily about with your neighbour, and much more. So, what exactly is a local government election? Why don't we have it? And what can we do to get it back? I think it's important for us to first understand the tiers of government. There is a common misconception that we only have two levels of tiers of government, which is the federal and state. But in reality, Malaysia is a federal parliamentary democracy with a system of government that is divided into three levels, federal, state and local. Each level has its own responsibilities and powers, and all three work together to govern the country. So, the federal government, led by the Prime Minister as well as the MPs that reside in Parliament, is responsible for matters that affect the entire nation, such as national security, foreign affairs and economic policies. So, think about big-picture questions like, do we want Malaysia to be a secular country? How much money should we spend on military versus healthcare? Do we want a capitalist economy, or a socialist economy, or something in between? Now, the state government, on the other hand, led by Menteri Basas as well as Aduns that work in the state legislative assemblies, have the power to craft laws that govern their respective states, which includes land and forest protection, among other issues. And finally, we have the local government, which is led by mayors, also known as Dato Bandas, and are responsible for matters related to local administration, such as garbage collection, town planning, and the maintenance of local infrastructure. But if we don't have local government elections, then how are local councillors and mayors selected? I previously spoke to Jeffrey Pang of the NGO Gabungan Tindak Malaysia. He also works closely with Bursay. Here's what Jeffrey had to say about the matter. Councillors that are in charge of the policies of the local councils are no longer elected and they are actually appointed. And these appointees are normally political appointments. Every local council have a quatuor and the city council is the mayor. And uh, of course, the mayor uh, in passing policies uh, needs uh, the councillors. Normally, there's 24 councillors in a council. And these are equivalent to directors of a company, right? So they are actually the final decision-making body over there. And uh, of course, they also have a department called OSC, one-stop centre, where the councillors are also present. And that is the final uh, point where they approve uh, development projects, uh. So they are appointed uh, by political parties and all the different parties, you know, of course, will you know, be in the same council itself. And you know, the way they cooperate is quite important. So earlier on, when it was under one government, uh, everybody followed the thoughts of that government itself. Uh. 
But uh, later on, I uh, think 2008 onwards, and uh, when we had uh, the PH ruling, uh, they brought in NGO counsellors. No? And these NGO counsellors were actually appointed uh, by the political parties, but they are actually NGOs. And they represent a sort of a counterbalance voice uh, to those political appointees. Uh. So unfortunately, uh, all this has uh, eroded already and everything is back to uh, elect, uh, appointed councillors. So the difference is uh, if we have got appointed councillors, then uh, it may not be so efficient because appointed councillors, their responsibility is towards the political party or their political masters that appointed them. So the interest of the political party comes first and uh, not uh, the public. Although they do profess that, that uh, they take public uh, interest into account. But there is no representation by the beneficiaries itself. Uh. So uh, this has uh, proven to be a conflict of interest. And uh, we, we find that no, uh, people that are not from the same area are appointed as counsellors. You know? And it's like a training ground right now for... Uh, budding uh, potentials, uh, uh, politicians. So usually they become a councillor and then later on they will become an adun and become an MP. So it's a whole political machinery instead of a, a proper system where the interest of the riot is put uh, ahead of political interests. So our local government, including our mayors, are all appointed by either the state government in general or the federal government in the case of Kuala Lumpur. Speaking of, while all states are impacted in one way or another because of the lack of local government elections, it especially impacts the people of Kuala Lumpur. Here's what Iskandar Faris, who is part of DAP's youth wing of the federal territories, had to say when I interviewed him last year. KL achieved its city status in 1972. Then it became the federal territory in 1974. Uh, so this admittedly uh, made uh, KL uh, become the uh, capital city and it needs a territory of its own. When it becomes a federal territory, it's an administri administrative area under the direct and exclusive jurisdiction of the federal government. Uh, a federal territory is part of the federation, but it's not part of any state. So it's directly governed by the uh, government of the day or the federal government of the day. Uh, this is not an unusual practice. We have seen it in Australia, uh, where uh, the Australian, Australian Capital Territory, the ACT, is uh, governed in a similar manner. Even Washington, D.C., uh, we have Brasilia in Brazil. Uh, even Jakarta, uh, Jakarta has a different arrangement. But what I want to highlight is that all these places has uh, some sort of an election at the territory level. So becoming a territory itself doesn't uh, exclude them from uh, being able to uh, elect their own government. So that is where we differ in terms of uh, the governance for this territory. When we talk about uh, Kuala Lumpur as an area, if we compare to other states, it does deserve to have its own territorial government, just given by the fact that a lot of resources is being uh, invested in this. Like I said, uh, KL uh, City Hall is allocated about 2.7 billion, which is the highest allocation if we compare to other states. Uh, so rather than focusing on the classification, I rather emphasize on the need uh, for these people who are living in these territories to be able to choose their own representative. 
Alright, we do need to go for a very quick break. After the break, we continue our deep dive on local government elections. Keep it here on Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Beyond the Ballot Box. I'm Dashran Johan, and today we are doing a deep dive on local government elections. So, now that we've got a better understanding of governments and the way they are structured, why is it essential for us to have elections at a local level? What's wrong with letting people in power pick our local councillors? What's wrong with letting them pick our mayor? To Jeffrey Pang, it primarily comes down to proper public governance. When you get approval, you need a federal authority, you need the state authority. Finally, it is the local council that approve a project. And that is why uh, there's a lot of reluctance uh, uh, when one becomes a government to introduce local council election because then you have got an independent group of people that will be monitoring you. Right now, if you want to pass a project, uh, you just tell your councillor whip. In every council, there's a whip for the party. Uh, they will just follow the whip. No, without question. So, this is a conflict of interest. And uh, as you see how our cities are developing, uh, you can see that this governance structure is really uh, causing a lot of problems. In Bukit Kiara, you can see uh, that no, things are always having to fight over and over again. No? Right. So uh, every government that changes, you have to fight again. So I think it's wasting the productivity, but it's a structural problem. No, We do not have the representation and... Uh, we are not accountable to the public, instead we are accountable to the political parties. Apart from that, it's simply about holding the right people accountable for specific issues. MP is meant to draft national laws. No? So they're coming down to look after the needs of uh, the rakyat uh, on local matters like Longkang and all, uh, shouldn't happen. Uh, all right? But at this moment, when the service uh, delivery mechanism is not there, MP have to go down so that they know what's happening. Uh, the responsibility fall onto the Adun. He's the more local one. He's under the state. The state controls the local authority. So effectively, it should be done that way. So we have the same thing. If you cannot get the MP, you get the Adun and the Adun will try to get the councillor to solve it out or else he will try to solve it out as well. So it gives them a lot of picture opportunities. Eh? So <laughs> they're walking around helping with the longkang and, and uh, the potholes and all. Right. But this is not their job. Why do I say that? MPs shouldn't be disturbed with all the local things. It should be done by the Adun. But right now, they will lose the vote if they don't go down. So we are wasting their time doing that. So let's come to the Adun. The Adun should be the one working through the local authorities. And solving the problems of the people, all right? But there is a misunderstanding of the role. They tend to look at longkangs, take photographs, but they forgot that the role of Adun is to make sure that the state forces a good system on the local councils. Right. And the councillors are meant not to address longkangs, but to make sure that the delivery system is good. So if I am going to the PBTs or the local councils and I get my problem solved through the Adwan system and all, that is fine. Every time I go over to the Adun, 
the Adun should realize that they have failed in their duties. Iskandar Fares mirrors Jeffrey's sentiments, especially honing in on the problems people in Kuala Lumpur face. There is no recourse for a KL mayor to question any uh, action by the federal government because at the end of the day, he is appointed by the federal government. So the right or, or the interest that he is aligned to will be the interest of the federal government. Even if he is uh, a person who who tries to be independent, the perception is still that he is um, answerable to the federal government because he is appointed on the advice of the prime minister who is the head of the federal government. So this uh, area of perception is already problematic. Uh, then when we talk about uh, the benefits of electing own representative uh, and how does this impact to their day-to-day or bread and butter issues, I, I would say that day-to-day problem is at the forefront of our lives. We, we deal with different problems every day. We deal with uh, issues of business licenses if a person is a local trader, a small trader. We, we deal with road issues, uh, uh, drainage issues, land issues, uh, traffic congestion, the flow of traffic, uh, all sorts. So democratization at the local level allows us to pick the right leaders and representatives who are capable in addressing these issues that we face. Uh, so this is, we can say, some would say uh, uh, very uh, very minor issues, but these are uh, very, um, it's a common uh, problem that we face every now and then. And on the broader level, having local representation or representative uh, with a greater understanding of how the locality is, uh, how the locality functions, how how the area is being developed, the history, the background of the area, the issues that are close to the people, uh, so that they are better in, in a better position to come up with solutions for this problem. We can talk about urban poverty, joblessness, um, even COVID, uh, how do we uh, move on or how do we rebuild the community post-COVID pandemic? Uh, and any other socio-economic hardship faced by city dwellers would be better uh, un- understand, understood but, or comprehended by these local uh, elected leaders. So I think giving back power to the people is important, especially in a city like KL where it has grown uncontrollably. Uh, we are seeing during the pandemic, uh, the city uh, came to a halt. Uh, we, we've, we've seen it grown for decades, but because of uh, movement restrictions, uh, uh, MCOs and different iterations of MCOs, we see the, the city becoming a ghost town. Right. Because the, 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 the reality of KL is that people only come there to work. And then they go back to the suburbs to, uh, to continue their lives, work. They work in the city, but live and play uh, in outside the city in the suburban area. So this will contribute to future decay of KL as people move towards the suburban area because KL becomes too expensive to live. Uh, the lifestyle in KL becomes too expensive to, to be affordable. Uh, then people will desert uh, the city, making it into a future ghost town. Jeffrey also talked about the KL issue and how it is especially problematic because at the very least, states have aduns, while Kuala Lumpur is missing two layers of governance. You have two missing layers of governance there. 
we do not have an adult, we do not have counselors in the KL side. So does that make our MP taking over the job of adult and counselors? The MP doesn't have very much voice over in uh, DBKL. The absolute power will be in the mayor and the FD minister. And when that happens, uh, even when PH took over and we have a, a FT minister over there, the amount of complaints that go up there was tremendous. And on top of that, I do not see that they empower the MPs to be part of the decision-making process. So I think when power goes into anybody, even a good person, it corrupts. So it is very important that we build up these governance structures so that we will be discouraged from exercising or abusing our power. So at this stage, uh, no, our powers is too centralized. Yeah, which brings us to the question that when we do uh, local council election or have state elections and all these things, uh, the government, federal government, should start to devolve powers uh, to the state. And then, uh, of course, things like even education, roads and all those uh, overseas uh, are taken care of by the local council. Even health is taken care of by local council and education. So they have got to start devolving uh, power so that without concentration of power in one person, there will be good check and balance. But right now, local council election is important because that brings in a new layer of governance called public governance. We have got corporate governance that tend to be you know, always avoided by the people. But public governance will have another layer that you will have a check and balance. So local council election in that way is also part of the process. Interestingly enough, Malaysia actually had local government elections at one point. After World War II, the British introduced local government elections in Malaysia in 1951. In fact, historical readings show that the Kuala Lumpur municipal elections in 1952 played a crucial factor in establishing the alliance which we all now know as Barisan National. However, in 1965, the government of the day decided to suspend local government elections citing the Indonesia-Malaysia confrontation as one of their reasons. While critics argued that the move represented a further erosion of civil liberties and democratic institutions, the government of the day said that it would only be a temporary suspension and that elections would be restored the moment peace came along. Peace did come along. Unfortunately, there was no reversal of the decision even after the end of the Indonesia-Malaysia confrontation. Now, local government elections were eventually abolished altogether in 1976. Over the years, governments and the political elite cited many reasons, most prominently the highly racialized narrative that reinstating local government elections will reduce the power of the Malays and give control to the Chinese. But is there weight to those arguments? I think politics is a very perception kind of game where people create a perception. Uh, I think uh, there were some opposition parties uh, uh, that says that, that play up the racial card. Nah. But uh, in answer to that, there is this uh, 2010 national census that says that there are 148 local authorities 
there are three city halls at the time and 37 municipal councils. And district councils, 99. How many of them are Chinese majorities? Only two or three percent. And that is 2010. Now, 12 years later, the population of the Chinese have grown so small, you can see that, uh, no, there is no justification in the kind of argument. So it's actually a racist kind of uh, argument and a racist one, not backed by the data. The data clearly show they are not in the mi minority. But in spite of that, uh, we are wanting a good person to be looking after us. No? Whether it's a Malay, a Chinese, or Indian, it doesn't really matter. As long as we play the racial card, Malaysia will not progress. So, no, uh, there's no justification in that kind of argument saying that no, they will lose power, that kind of thing. It's not about power anyway, it's about serving the people. Here's what Danish Prakash Chako from Tindak Malaysia had to say. It's an outdated point of view. Uh, yes, many decades ago, uh, the non-Malays were the predominant community in the urban area because this argument tends to focus on the urban councils. But let's be very clear. Among the urban scene within Malaysia, the whole of Malaysia, in 2019, 57.6% of the urban population are from the Bumiputra community. Right. So if you actually dissect it by the ethnic composition by local authorities in 2010, this is 10 years ago, majority of the municipal councils, you know, the councils that Pastor Men's like Subangjaya and what and the equivalent, they're predominantly Malay. Right? So uh, this argument that you know this will create division because in the council you might have a elected non-Malays and that will create a, a potential race problem. That's redundant. Actually, it's a scare tactic using outdated facts. So let's not be bought off by this argument. And by the way, this argument. It's only applicable for Peninsular Malaysia. You don't hear that sort of argument occurring in Sabah and Sarawak. Another argument frequently cited is the cost of holding these elections. But does the cost outweigh its benefits? You will judge it by the impact on the people. At the end of the day, if local councils are well run, the people live in a better, cleaner environment and more sustainable. So... What is the cost? The cost was estimated at $2 million per PBDs. And uh, in 2021 December, the Housing and Local Government KPKT Minister, Datuk Siri Rizal Marikan, he says that it costs $302 million nationwide. It's a pittance compared with the sort of inefficiencies, the lot of suffering that the people are getting. $302 million is really a pittance on that. So you do not look at the cost of it, which still I say is uh, not a lot, but the consequence of it is high. When you get a land that's approved for development and it's a retention pond, you will get things like silly muda and all, where the people lose all their sufferings and their properties as well. How do you measure that? in terms of cost. So uh, I think it's wrong to look at just the cost because at the end of the day, I think the check and balance is very important. 
Some experts like Danish Prakash Chako from Tindak Malaysia say that there is no doubt that these elections will be costly. But just like Jeffrey and many other experts, he says it's totally worth it. Any elections is not cheap. And even the idea last time that someone, uh, I think the previous minister said on the, that a local council elections for one council cost two million ringgit. I think that is an understated value. I, I estimate for, let's say, when you do for Kajang, it's nine million. But you look at the cost in relation to the revenue of the council, it is very small. Because once you create the channel for accountability, that means your council has to respond to the needs of the public. So you have better policies. Better policies means also means better use of the revenues for the benefit of the public. So that will outweigh all the cons that people like to raise about, for example, the cost of elections. Okay, so now that we know that we need local government elections back, how do we actually get there? Jeffrey has some advice. First of all, the legal side of it, uh, mm-hmm. uh, there is uh, no need to change the constitution. The constitution is already supportive of a local council election, uh, except that the act that was uh, abolished uh, uh, should be brought back. And uh, I think previously uh, under Zuraida, uh, she was one that was pushing for it and they prepared a draft uh, act to be implemented. So it's a matter of passing the act and then we are back into action already. No? So nothing very much legally to do. No constitutional change and just the political will of wanting to bring it back and sharing power and empowering the people instead of, uh, you know, even the last layer, the politicians want to hold it. To have a better nation or to solve this problem that we're talking about, we are really talking about uh, citizens having a need to get involved. And getting involved means that you have to do your responsibility as a citizen to be aware of what is going on around and to... I think currently, people feel justified that their votes don't mean anything and because of that, I don't need to vote. So these are the kind of attitude that is uh, causing the problems up to now that brought us to this area. Well, that concludes the explainer on local government elections. If you missed any part of this show, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from, such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You just have to look up Beyond the Ballot Box. I'm Darshan Johan, and this has been Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9.